Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 I'm for law and order the way that it should be. Songs about the night they spent protecting you from me. Someone called us outlaws in some old magazine. New York sent a posse down like I ain't never seen. Don't y'all think it's outlaw bitches done got out of hand What started out to be a joke that all don't understand Was it singing through my nose that got me busted by the
Oh my God. We're back again. We're coming at you 9 o'clock Eastern tonight. Ooh. Change it up some. Special. It's a little special. It's a little. I guess. I don't know. I just, you know, we, we, we got started a little early, but that's fine. You know. I like it. Yeah. Not bad. Well, welcome everybody to another Near Do Wells. I am Poe. I am Lee. And we're here to bring you a special uh, episode. We've been teasing about it for a while now. Uh, we love this genre of music. I li- um, I guess we, we pretty much listen to everything, but this genre of music, we, uh, we felt like it doesn't get covered as much as it should. It got covered a bunch uh, early on. Right yes. Is there something wrong with your mic? I don't know. Can you not hear me? I think so. Hold on. We got some. Are you there? Is that better? Oh, that's way better. Oh, what? shit. Hello. Someone messing with the, some little gremlin, like the little gremlin uh, with uh, Bugs Bunny's messing with this thing over here. Well, can, can we hear me now? <laughs> yes, Is I can hear better? you. Sorry. All right, I was good. like, I hope they can hear you. <laughs> All right. So, yes, we were getting at they, uh, this genre of music was uh, kind of had its heyday and then it just kind of went away. Yeah, it's like few used to listen to it, but not 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 everybody. Um, I guess in the early '90s, I mean early 2000s, late '90s, they tried to have a reboot with the outlaw country radio stations. Uh, they've tried different things, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a I guess uh, what they they called it a movement in Austin. Yeah, it was. I guess because they moved their ass from Nashville to Austin <laughs> and uh, trying something different. Well, the the, the stories with this is. Just very interesting. And, you know, some of the stories that come out of this, um, out of these artists, you know, these outlaw country artists would put even the hardcore, you know, like Motley Crue to shame. I mean, some of the stories are about Motley Crue. These guys, these guys were more of uh, partiers. They weren't like, well, I mean, I guess they were everything. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a big, there's a big deal about in late, late seventies before, uh, before Waylon went cold turkey, he uh, he was just locked himself in a studio, the Hillbilly Hideaway in Nashville. Yeah, and I think it was recorded that it was a daily uh, cost of fifteen hundred dollars of cocaine. So nice, and that was Waylon, right? That, that, that wasn't Waylon and buddies. That was Waylon. <laughs> so that was just for him. <laughs> so I guess he had plenty of time because he never slept, and uh, so that's. Uh, and the doctor gave him, uh, I think, a million to one chance to to survive. Out really? Of it. That's what they told Jesse, his wife. But uh, in 1979, he had Tudor Jennings and he quit cold turkey. Came out of it. And he was sober for 20 years. I think until 96 is when he started going back. <laughs> he never got back on the hard, hard stuff, I don't think. Maybe a little bit, but nothing like he was in the late 70s. But, yeah. Well, I like the story, you know, just like everybody else. You had you had Johnny Cash, you had uh, Willie Nelson, you had all these guys. They they kind of fell into uh, that certain thing that Nashville had at the time or, or what popular music was of the time. You had them all in suits and they were like, you know, they, they just all tried to go along with what it was. I mean, seeing Willie Nelson with short hair was very disturbing to me. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a picture of that, if you don't mind, Michael J. The yeah, first one uh, I Willie you. Nelson was short hair and just like clean cut because they were all they all looked clean cut back in That's, that day. You, I mean, that was the norm. You That's had you, you had, had to look to. like 
Thank you there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you saw that right now, and would you know that was Willie Nelson? Because yeah, yeah. Most people wouldn't. No. Uh, that's it, it, it's really disturbing to be honest with you. <laughs> but like you said, it was there. It it was around president or something. I didn't even think that. Holy shit! What you thought it was Ronald Reagan or something? <laughs> nope, that's Willie Nelson, buddy. <laughs> that's back when he was Nashville. He started. Uh, he I think he moved to Nashville in probably 58, 59, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, how many albums did he have? He had 15 albums he recorded in Nashville from 1962 to 1972. Uh, I think one of them broke top 10. I mean, he just, he had zero success. It's like they couldn't get that that break that they want, like it, going there and, and trying to get in there and, and do their thing. Well, they wouldn't let them do what they wanted to do. Yeah. That, was, that was the whole deal, and I think that's why they tried to get away. You know, uh, put up, uh, put up the young uh, Waylon Jennings, if you don't mind, Mike. Yeah, let's see what young let's, Waylon Jennings look see like. What he looked like when he was following the rules. No, that's, that's old Willie, Willie hey, Nelson. That's all, you know what, though? That's outlaw Willie Nelson. That's so compare Nelson. the two if, uh, people that are watching it with us tonight on. Uh, yeah, there you no, go. That's, that's old. That's, that's that's old. That's outlaw Waylon, bro. It's outlaw. Okay, it's okay. Mike, Mike J doesn't re really know who's who, but no, 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 <laughs> he knows. No. What do you say he knew like two or one? Well, these are only two people. I've seen four pictures. <laughs> two I guess of the it was same Willie person. Nelson. Willie Nelson. <laughs> Willie. Couldn't pull it off. But anyways. Yeah, I'll get it momentarily. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Ah, good, we're going to continue with We're the just story. giving you hell. Thank you, buddy. Kisses. But, uh, but yeah, right. they, uh, I guess Waylon. Waylon had a little bit more freedom in Nashville. He uh, he kind of there at first in the early '60s. He had to, in late '60s, he had kind of had to go with the man, as they call it. But he kind of started letting his hair grow a little bit more in the '70s, and that's kind of where the story begins. Is one of the people that made outlaw country music so big was a, a Texas boy named uh, Billy Joe Schaefer. Yep. And uh, Billy Joe went to one of his shows there in Nashville one time. He was he moved up there and he was going to write songs. He told Waylon, he said, I want to write a song for you. He saw him at a concert. And he said, yeah, come by my studio sometime. And this is when Waylon was uh, recording there at the, uh, was it the hidden, Hillbilly, what was it called? The Hillbilly Hideaway? I yeah, Hillbilly, I think you're right. Hillbilly Hideaway. Yeah. And uh, well, Waylon shoved him off and said, I don't want to. Which one? Which one was the? I'm sorry, Hillbilly Highway, or what? Which no, one was Hillbilly the Boar's Hideaway? No, but where where they all hang out? Wasn't that the Boar's Nest or something like that? I, I guess Nashville? that was. A, oh, okay. Never mind. No, anyway, Nashville. go ahead. No. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And um, so, Billy Joe told him. Billy Joe Schaefer told him, "I want to see him." And they said, "Just give him a hundred bucks and tell him to come back later." <laughs> they came back and Billy Joe, hey, there, there's, 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 there's a young Waylon. There's young Waylon Jennings. <laughs> But uh, Billy Joe told that guy, he said, take that $100 bill, stick it up his ass, and twist it. Yep. <laughs> and those exact words. And, uh, shit, Waylon liked that. said, shit, can bring him back. I like him now. <laughs> so he, uh, he made him a deal. He said, you play me one song, and if I stop you, walk out and never bother me again. And he said, deal. <laughs> and so and so he uh, he went ahead and started songs. The first song he did was um, Honky Tonk Heroes. And he didn't stop him. He played another one. He didn't stop him. 
He ended up playing, I think, 11 to 12 songs. He never stopped him once. And uh, so he just went ahead and recorded a whole album with nothing but Billy Joe Schaefer songs. And so that was, uh, and uh, Honky Tonk uh, Hero is actually one of the main songs on the Big Outlaw album that came out in 76, which yeah. I guess we'll get to later on. Low down leaving sun Done did everything that needs done Woe is me Why can't I see I'd best be leaving well enough alone Them neon lighting nights Couldn't stay out of fights Keep a haunting me in memories Well there's one in every crowd For crying out loud why was it always turning out to be me? Where does it go? The good Lord only knows Seems like it was just the other day I was down at Green Gables Hawking them tables And generally below And all my hard-earned pay Piano rolled blues Danced holes in my shoes There weren't another other way to Oh, lovable losers, no account losers, and honky-tonk heroes like me. Hey, hey. Where does it go? The good Lord only knows. Seemed like it was just the other day. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good, and then and then after I think he's recorded that in '73, and then after that it kind of went dead, and uh, so so Billy Joe Schaefer was as as important. He not, was he was he wrote so many songs that people don't know that other people other people did. 
I mean, he was one of the biggest songwriters in the 70s and partial some of the 80s. But uh, he was he was great. If you ever got to see him, which he he has since passed, but uh, he was a he was a fun one. I got to I got to watch him several times. Um, but yeah, I guess it was a uh, 72. Wayland had pretty much hit hard times. I think he got hepatitis. Gee, I couldn't imagine how. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was gotten pretty sick. And at that point, Willie had already moved to Austin. Yeah. You gonna give that a whirl? And uh, the Armadillo. The Armadillo. Was it Armadillo headquarters? That's yeah. What it was called in, in, in Austin. Austin. Yeah, it was a big dance hall, and that's kind of where they all started. And Willie told Wayland, "Come on down, man." Shit, Waylon came on down. Him and Jesse. <laughs> and, uh, what what uh, what was the quote that Waylon said? I can't remember. Get that redheaded son of a bitch out here because I don't know what he got me into. Yeah, he walked out there and walked on a stage, and all you see are hippies and or cowboys dancing with each other. Like this ain't right. They, this they're supposed is... to hate each other. Well, so, and you know, and, and it was during a time where they were. That's what's interesting to me because, you know. Willie just having upon this, like he started working. He's like, screw this. I'm going to go out here and do my own thing. And he knew Waylon wanted to do the same thing because yes. everything was, you know, rhinestone freaking, you know, suits and comb really, hair. I mean, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the music. No, I, I do those, too. But, it, but, but it was very poppy for what they were wanting to do. It was too poppy for what they were wanting to do. They were wanting. It would be the equivalent of them doing something like that. If it didn't existed now with all the, uh, pop, country as we'll Correct. call it. i call it man bun country well it's it's, it's polished country you know they, well, they go was, in there and they make more... every precise note perfectly they 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 make their voice these people wanted more of a sound like you're at the shows at all times and every show you go to it's never perfect you want it yeah. more rough you want it more you don't want it too produced and, and well that's and, what made it fun that's exactly what, well we well even in other genres of music i think that that kind of works you know what i mean mm -hmm. Like even going to say NWA, you know, during, during their heyday, I mean, that was like, it was something neat and it was like rebellious, you know? And it's like, no, no, no. We know what's popular. Fuck that. We're going to do this. And of course that's gangster rap, but these guys with country, like the outlaw country guys, they just, they got their freedom to do whatever they wanted. And some, some of the greatest songs ever come out of this, I think. Oh, no, I just listen I mean, to the words of them, you know, like, um, you know, in one of uh, Wayland's songs, one of my favorite ones, uh, don't you think this outlaw bits got out of hand when he talks about he New York City came down like he'd never or the posse from New York City came down like I never seen. He's talking about that guy from New York that came down and kind of helped him get back on, you know, um, Neil well, Reich. Yeah. Neil Reich, like yeah. helped him like, okay, we got to get this thing going. He and I got everything promoted. And he did. In and everything. And, uh, and, and Nashville didn't want to touch it. Didn't want to touch it. They're I like, no, nah, fuck this. And then they see how popular, not only with hippies and cowboys, but Waylon had a big Indian fall. <laughs> like oh, a, and Navajo fall. Navajo yeah. fall and big time. Whenever, Sorry. Whenever apologies. he was in the, Whenever he was needing money, he would just go <laughs> spend a few days out in where is it, New Mexico or Arizona, one of those reservations. And I think they said if someone passed out, they wouldn't fall because they were so packed in there. Oh, so yeah, tight. They had like, so many people there because everyone wanted to go. Everyone loved him. He my, made so much. I mean, so I thought that was pretty cool. No, and they got that one story they shared because um, I, uh, my uh, where I really stayed to get 
you know, some of these stories where I was, where I was watching or get my information from was, um, there was the CMT, uh, documentary on outlaw country. And then of course, tales from the tour bus, uh, Mike judge, uh, tales from the tour bus is very awesome. Uh, show if you haven't seen it, watch it because that's, highly recommend it. It, it is so awesome. And he covers all these people we're talking about. He covers them. And they're they're actually partially interviewed. You know, they're like in the uh, was it what do they call it? The um, like in the office. What the yeah, the, the, they got like solo the interview room yeah. or whatever you want to call but, it. But it's animated. But and it's, it's animated. hilarious. Like, and then it goes back to real life. But I I love how he picks different things with uh, people that he's talking to. But um, no, my favorite story was the Navajos. Like he was there. His bus was there, but he wasn't. <laughs> Uh, he wrote a song, The Common Man or something like that, and it was dedicated to the Navajo because Navajo translate to the common person, yeah. the common. And so they, no, they were it. they were a big they were a big part of helping him keep going. And like I said, I think from for four or five years, early seventies before before it took off, I mean he would he had pretty much given up. He was fixing to start selling encyclopedias door to door. He didn't he didn't know what to do. Um so Well but, thank yeah, God that didn't happen. Definitely. Um <laughs> Like I said, Neil Neil Reish came down, which he sounds like he's from New York. Yeah, <laughs> kind of got. I think they had. A, I think he still had a deal with RCA, and they. Uh, who was it? Uh, I have a name somewhere here. Uh, Jerry Bradley's the guy that produced. It's uh, wanted the outlaw, mm-hmm. which came out which in nineteen seventy six, and that's kind of very awesome album, by the way. It's the first country album to ever come out of Nashville that went platinum, so sold over a million copies. It's the first Nashville album ever. Sell a million copies. Holy so crap! I kind of told him, "Hey, maybe, maybe we do have something here," <laughs> you know. And so, and uh, they record. Uh, ironically, they did record it in Nashville at uh, at the Hillbilly Hideaway, which uh, Tom Paul Glacier owned. Which he has one song on the, the album, uh, "Put Another Log on the Fire," which is one of my personal favorites. Yes. If you've never heard that song, sit down with your wife and listen to it. Yeah, that's she'll baby love it. Make amusing. She'll love it. <laughs> Um, so, lay on that bearskin rug right in front of the fireplace, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and make you a little one. Yeah, <laughs> probably gonna end up with a black eye <laughs> if you laugh. Don't laugh, is all I can say. Don't laugh, but yeah, it was pretty much those four. Uh, like I said, Wayland's wife, Jesse Coulter, yes, um, she was has awesome. an absolute, she still has an amazing voice. Um, Willie yeah. Whalen and then and then Tom Paul had, had a couple songs in there. They, uh, but yeah, that was kind of the, that was the start of the outlaw movement, you know, and that album kind of put it out there for more people to hear it. And hell, they went on tour and that's kind of, kind of when the whole, uh, Willie picnic started, which everyone's heard stories about that. Tells me he's looking for me. 
His first one was in 74, 73 or 74, somewhere of, and uh, Dripping Springs, which, like I said, this was in 74, and that was west of Austin. Now it's part of Austin. Austin's grown so much. But, I mean, back then it was out in the country, kind of like Woodstock type deal. And I think I think they said 50,000 people showed up at it. And uh, Willie said him and Leon Russell were just sitting out there the night before talking to the ranch owners, kind of making plans and everything, drinking beer and doing what Willie and them usually do. <laughs> uh, Tokens. Token. Smoking. Maybe doing a little something to help you stay awake. And uh, they said sun came up and they looked and there was some people already coming with ice chests. Just a herd of people. So sun came up and Leon, Leon went ahead and got on stage and they started playing right then and there. And uh, so that's, that's how the infamous Willie picnic started. Um. You know, I, I was kind of going through after we were talking about this, and I think it's ironic. I was watching, I think it was a Willie Picnic 1998, and Robert O'Keefe was one of the main oh. main singers on it. Damn. And ironically, in 1974, he was there as a fan, and they had a major grass fire. Oh, shit. And he, his car was one of them that caught on fire. <laughs> and, he, and I've heard him tell stories about it. I mean, he... Uh, he said he partied so hard in, early in that day that he had to take a nap and said he woke up to a guy on a loudspeaker uh, calling out his license plate number. <laughs> and he went over there and <laughs> he said he could see where his car used to be. <laughs> so what's really cool about that is they guys that were fans get to come back later on and actually perform at that same I mean, it, it, it's moved all over. It didn't just stay in Dripping Springs. It's moved to Dallas. It's moved to Fort Worth. Waco, uh, just all over the damn place. Yeah, Lukenbach. They've had a couple on Lukenbach. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's all uh, it's all kind of cool. <clears throat> See, I think it's funny like that. You know, growing up, it's it's every generation. You know, like I can't believe you're listening to that music. You know, why are you listening to it? And then hearing these outlaw country guys hanging out with the likes of. Elvis and Buddy Holly and um, um, oh my god I can't think of his name right now but anyway um, 
Yeah, I well, know. Well, I mean, ironically, you say Buddy Holly. That's how Waylon Jennings got started. He was his bass player. Yeah. He was Buddy Holly's bass player, and uh, he gave up his planes to, to Richie Valens. He did. That's another story. And, and they were uh, – I remember seeing that uh, – a shooter was talking about it, how him and, and but his dad and Buddy Holly were just joking around and said, hey, I hope your your bus, what did he say? And he said, I hope you freeze your ass off on that bus. He said, well, I hope you die. And he did. And he said it took yeah. him a long time to get over that. But they were just I mean, young they were guys just, They were just young around. guys messing around. Just kind of like what we do, you know, yeah. just fucking he around. Said it really, it, that hit him hard. But I mean, but heck. Who, who could have said when outlaw country never would have happened if he got on that airplane? I know. It, so, well, I mean, it, that's when, crazy how how things work out. But what I was what I was going to was like you know like the every they they hung out with like Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and these dudes like pop pills, banging anything that walked. I mean, they just. And it, it's just like the same thing, but different. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I don't want you to listen to that kind of music. That's not, you know, that's that's terrible. Why are you listening to that? And it's just it, these characters, you know, that they, they partied with were just as bad as anybody else. Some of the stories I, I, I heard are just as bad or worse than any metal band that I've listened to or, uh, you know, any stories that we've heard from like Ozzy and and Motley Crue and Poison and all those guys, you know, I just thought it was funny. You know, they, uh, I think it was the deal was they, they popped so many pills so that each band would get together before a show and say, we're doing this. Cause we all want to be on the same level. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want one to be on uppers and the other on downers. They <laughs> were either no all doing the check. same or we're doing this one. We, we had, so we could play the same cause we got to, so, you know, you got to really plan ahead and you know, when you got to start planning what pills you can take, <laughs> You're doing it right. Uppers, downers. Inners, And they never knew what it was. They mm -hmm. hung out with a crazy crowd and someone with a suitcase opened it up. And there's different different bottles all up in that son of a bitch. And like, what do you want? Like, this is this and this. One of my favorite stories, though, that I, uh, that I heard was uh, Waylon Jennings, before they were going on, uh, his drummer, Waylon handed him two bags. Okay, two little baggies. Waylon handed to his drummer said, keep these. Well, his drummer's like, what are these? They look the same. <laughs> he just mixed both of them. So they made, <laughs> I think it was like PCP and heroin. <laughs> they mixed it together. I forgot what it was called. Like, um, oh, my God, I can't remember the name of it. I thought it was hilarious. But they call it something. So the, he's, the drummer's there, and he goes, and I'm out there. I'm just you know, playing drums and they talked to another uh, person that was there and he said he wasn't even there. He wasn't even hitting the drums. He was like in the back. Just, he wasn't even in and out. And then they go find Waylon laying on a coffee table. <laughs> and he's saying, I think I have a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. And they're like, oh no, what you took is this. And he said, okay. So he hopped up and went out and performed. And, and they had two guys holding up the drummer in, in space so he could play the drums. No, they. they I mean, right. some of the wildest shit, man. Waylon had, Waylon had a dynamite in his office and played with that. <laughs> he, he would, he would, he would, he would scrape pieces off him. And if you scrape a piece of dynamite and flip it, it pops. And he, 
Yeah, because it's unstable. It's <laughs> like very unstable. <laughs> I mean, it's not your glycerine, basically. Mm. No, they were they, these. Those guys were they were. But I guess most people that have a brain that works that way, they're they're always a little crazy. Most Pretty much everybody that any kind of musician's got to be a little bit off kilter, just so a tiny seems bit. Like, seems like hey, a Morgan, lot of them are. Hey, Morgan, how's it going, bud? But um, just those weird stories, and of course, these guys. They ran with some, you know, less than reputable characters, you know, the Hells Angels being one of them. Well, Hells Angels was like their groupies, which then in return, they, that was their security. So yeah. they, they had no worries. No, they didn't. They could get out of any situation they needed to get out of. I remember Shooter Jennings was talking about when he was a little kid that he went putt-putt golf and one of them, Hells Angels, went with him because he needed a chaperone, a babysitter. <laughs> Let's go. So, <laughs> So yeah, they just uh, those guys were. Uh, that was pretty cool. They uh, they they were groupies basically, and then they turned into the security. They went there, they followed them. I mean, wherever bus, they went, they the old were... tour bus would go on the road, and there'd be a line of Harleys behind them. You know, shit, I couldn't think of better protection than a no. biker gang. <laughs> no, sorry, no. motorcycle club, motorcycle club. I'm thank you. Sorry, I'm My sorry apologies. for everyone that we offended out there and. Motorcycle club land. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Both y'all. I heard what you said. <laughs> Don't come burn down our studio. <laughs> Please do. I can build a new one. <laughs> we'll build one with better, um, you know, insulation and <laughs> AC and yeah, it'd be a lot better. <clears throat> but yeah, it was a, uh, you know, and that's a, uh, like I said, after '76, and that's when. I guess it was 77, 78 is kind of when Oil and Jennings really went downhill on the whole. He tried to turn into a piece of cocaine. Yeah. $1,500 a day habit. And uh, he'd make Tony Montana look like a little Probably Bonnie McLean or two. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, uh, but him and Tom Paul, hell, he had an office there, and they were best friends. And they got into a heated argument one day about he was, he was accusing Tom Paul Glazier stealing money from him. Oh yeah, one thing led to another, and they never they never reconciled. They they, William Jennings and him both died without, which is really sad. You know they were, they were good buddies, and they just let it all, let it all go. And then, then what seventy nine is when William came out of it, and he stayed sober. I think until ninety five or ninety six. You said nine, yeah, ninety six. Yeah, he. uh, when they uh, they re they did the twenty fifth anniversary or twentieth anniversary of, and they added some more songs to it, and Waylon didn't like the outcome, so he just went ahead and twisted <laughs> another one off. Just yeah, just do his thing. Well, another character I like to talk about is uh, Johnny pa- Johnny Paycheck. Johnny Paycheck. Was, yeah, we got a, a picture with a character. quote there. Can you put that one up for us? There he is. Yeah. To me, an outlaw is a man that did things his own way, whether you like him or not. And you know that kind of, that kind of pretty fitting on on the whole outlaw thing because. Oh, I think so, most definitely. Take this job and shove it. That was pretty risque saying that on the radio, you know. Yeah, well, they even said uh, one of the people they were. It was on that show I was mentioning earlier, but they said that way uh, that um, that Johnny Paycheck. After he went down there with all the miners, you know, they were like protesting and stuff. And he came out there and everything. And he said that that's the only time he saw Johnny cry was whenever 
you know, they were all for him, you know, and then he, he made some sort of difference and everybody loved that song. So he just showed up in a group of those. I think it was at that, that thing, that picture you showed. He was out there. But he was also a crazy son of a bitch, too. <laughs> Nearly killing someone. I think he was in a couple gunfights. He? He, you know, I, I don't know if I'd call it a gunfight when you get pissed off and someone and shoot at them and knock their hat off. Yeah, so. <laughs> or your hat that you switched with. The <laughs> so basically, he shot his own hat off a guy's head. You think you're partying? You ain't done shit till you parted like these boys. No shit, you you put us to fucking shame, man. Yeah, act like them Baptist preachers. But he had some. I mean, some of his songs. I love. Uh, you know, the old violin. That's a badass song. I mean, if you sit there and listen to that one, that's a great one. And anybody listening to this, you didn't listen to that. that no, uh, no, soul he was to a. It. You know, he and he kind of came along. He kind of still close for gunfight. Thank you. <laughs> um, but Thanks, Cody. He came around. He kind of came around later on. He did. But he was one of them that, uh, and you know, and and that, but and that's why we were kind of mainly talking about the other two because they kind of, you know, when when you sell a platinum record, those record producers start looking and say, "Hey, wait a minute, maybe maybe we should let these guys start doing this," and that's how we got the. The Johnny Paychecks and the Johnny Lees and the mm -hmm. David Allen Coes and and so and so there's a and like I said we're gonna we're gonna do another whole episode on this at some point like a part two where we talk about these other guys but yeah I, I just wanted to mention no, Johnny, Johnny Paycheck because he's he was, my he's one of my favorite ones he was one of them that fell right in um, I'm trying to think where he was. I want to say he was he was he was he was based out of Nashville with them, and they, and they all recorded yeah. out of that same studio, you know. And because uh, then he he was, I mean that that's the thing. All these guys were connected in some way, shape, well, they, or form. Well, they lived, they, they, they they lived in the studio and they just hung out there twenty four seven. Yeah, they did drugs and hung out and would record here and there. Well, they played with Jerry Lee Lewis or yeah. they played you know with someone, and they they all kind of like you said, yeah, they're in the same place. But that's what was neat about this. You look at these guys that were, they they weren't like the lead men at that time. They were just like you said, what, uh, the Wayne Loon's bass player, Giant Paycheck was playing guitar, and you know, and it was for someone else's stuff. So, and then they come out of that, and look what we had, which was something. And, and the most, of the, and if you go back and look at records and stuff of all these different guys we're talking about, they're all sharing each other's stuff on the records. I mean, like I said, they. They play, and then this guy. Well, I got about twelve songs recorded now. I guess I'll put an album out. Well, now I do. You know, they was they would just go along and put those albums out. I think, uh, which I think is really kind of cool. And, and and the songwriting wasn't uh, sit in a session room and sit there and write a song. It was something comes to mind. They would hit it and start writing it, and that's what makes songs so much better, in my opinion. Well, when I when I was looking something up, I thought it was interesting that you know during during before we got the outlaw country what what was going on was like with the with the beatles and everything i guess the the i guess the beatnik era or whatever you had and it had you had the rolling stones you had uh you had the beatles and everything and then they were they kind of changed around that time they were more into their drugs <laughs> and of course some of the beatles look like a bunch of you know look like they come off of the charlie manson's place out there <laughs> so, 
but it, everybody had that kind of thing. And then it, it was like country was kind of getting stale, just like, just like the Rolling Stones, everybody, you look back in the fifties and everybody looked the same and had the same thing. And that's what country was kind of. And that's what I'm saying is they, this outlaw country kind of did the, the hippie movement. And I think that's probably why hippies kind of gravitated towards that because it was so different. It wasn't the same. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it was, they, they, they were, they were a big part of the, like some of the hippies movement. Uh, I think it was Tom Paul later said he went into a restaurant in Austin one day and they said, you can't come in with a hat on. Why not? We don't allow hats. He said, he went back six months later and everyone in there had a hat on, you yeah. know, it was just, that was a new, that was a new movement. That's what, that was a new style. And, and, and you know the sheep of the world that we that we live with. That's I mean, if one person does it and they think it's cool, then everyone's going to start doing it. Well, that's and that's kind of that's just the, the same same thing with I guess everything right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think everything comes to a, a fad, and after that fad rolls out, then everything kind of goes back to I'm not going to say normal, but I'll tell you what, I didn't really appreciate a lot of stuff until I got into like maybe my mid 30s. You mean to say you're gonna go and leave me? You mean to say that it be that easy? You mean to say that's you I see? Walking away What did I say? What did I do wrong? Could it be I stayed here too long? You mean to say you'd walk away You know, when I was younger, I was like, I was set in my ways. I knew what I liked, and I only listened to a certain type of music or watched a certain type of movie. But as I got older, I started appreciating things a lot more and looking into the history of it. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of things that 
you know, that's going on now or, you know, music wise, movie wise, whatever wise, I think that will, you know, people go back and kind of like, oh, okay, that's why it's that way. And it feels, you know, familiar. I don't know. No. But that's what I think with the, with the, especially this music. Well, the thing about those guys is you, you can sit there and make it sound like it could be some spiritual deep deal, but I think it was just. Hell, half of the songs they probably had to write down because they'd forget them the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their brain would just be moving so damn fast that 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 was the outlaw way. I mean, they yeah, just like Jim Morrison for the Doors. I mean, oh god, yeah, he, that he was the only person that could probably hang with them. I don't think he was on Planet Earth. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jim Morrison was on like no. Planet Zotar <laughs> in the middle of the fucking desert on goddamn mars he didn't even ask what pills were they'd hand him one he'd just pop it thank you thank you okay i'm going to do so so (laughs) that's why he saw so many things he uh he was kind of in cuckoo land but and i think those guys were too they they just and they were having fun you know they they were finally making some money and uh but then then like everything else i guess what's what's the whole musician thing where you start getting depressed because people aren't your friends. They're just using you and shit like Pretty that. Pretty much. And, that's, and, that's, and then you just go as a recluse and fucking hide out. And do drugs. And kind of kind of what Johnny Cash did until he come back and he did his mm-hmm. thing. I mean, he kind of right, rode that. I, I'm not going to say he rode that outlaw way. Maybe he kind of did, but he was, mean, he, was, he, was, he was already yeah. different. Yeah. He kind of, but he... But he started, he didn't start in Nashville. He started in Memphis. Yeah. And, I, and I, he was with Sam Phillips. So that kind of made a bit of a difference. He kind of, he, he recorded in a, a rock and roll studio. So he could kind of do a little bit more, if you want to call that a rock and roll studio. But Sun Records was, it wasn't really. I mean, yes, there was country acts there. But I mean, Sam Phillips kind of gave them a little bit more. Well, even this outlaw country genre has, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of rock, blues, you know some of those elements in it. So, and it just became its own freaking thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I would love for people to start listening to this stuff. I mean, and listen to the words of it as well, because they're saying something. I know you said, you know, most of the time they were high on the it, <laughs> but there are some songs, no, you know, are. like some songs they wrote, except, you know, how they felt and what they wanted to put out there. Got a trivia question for you. Okay. What was Willie Nelson's first number one album? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. What was his first number one? He also acted in the movie that is a soundtrack of. Oh, my God. Red-Handed Stranger? Yep. Wow. I was thinking. No, it was until back, like 1975 I, or 76. That is, in, that is in one of my cues on my streaming service because I saw it and I'm like, oh, shit, I've never oh, watched it's that. Great, well, it's, 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 I'd say it's a great movie, but <laughs> Willie's a horrible actor. We already, we already covered that in another deal. <laughs> where, yes, where, Mike. What is I'm it? I going to say The Gambler, but then I remembered that's Kenny Rogers. That's Kenny Rogers. Get out of here. Wow. And see, you're the only person I know that you'll come up and admit that you're totally way no, but off. That, you know what? No, that's why we do these shows, so people get so educated. People learn. Especially the people that are in the background. And I'm glad Mikey's here, because he can learn and maybe listen to some cool music. No one to hold him, no one to fold him. Yeah. 
<laughs> you got the no one no um no we're not talking about kenny rogers was not part of that movement i guess well maybe no he oh, no he was more pop wasn't he he was very pop him no, and, but him and Dolly what about were the, kicking what, it over there <laughs> islands in the streams and shit islands in the stream. <laughs> No, he did look kind of hippie-ish back in the day, though. So did so did John Denver. Are we going to put him in that same caliber? I mean, well, he did die on a plane. <laughs> he was high in them Rocky Mountains. Yeah, Rocky Mountain. High. That's too soon. I love that man. <laughs> Sunshine that guy, on my that, goddamn parade, John Denver. I don't well, think so. You know what the good thing about John Denver is? He was in a movie called Oh God from 1977 with one Donald Trump. Okay. There you go. See? Wow. It, it comes full it circle. Always, it's it like, what is it? Like, what is it? Six degrees from Donald Trump? <laughs> I'm surprised he went in a movie with Slammer. <laughs> His ghost was. Uh, uh, saw, whenever they opened the containment unit, I saw John Denver's ghost. <laughs> I will make that happen now. Thank you. you want John Denver to slime on you? I heard John Denver wasn't even really country. Like he'd never been on a country road. Uh, he either. was. He was. He was folk boy. He's from like. He's like Bob Dylan. He's from like a North Dakota, Minnesota up there. Oh yeah. So yeah. he's not. Yeah. So what the hell? I don't get it. I, Whatever. Yeah. I, I, he, he I can tell you uh, he wasn't a country boy, no. <laughs> Couldn't play Sally Good every day if he wanted to. Man, that John Denver's full of shit. He sure is. Someone won the comment of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I love these people. Like we we got we got Cody in the house, and I told him uh, last night when I was on the show after, the after show, I was like, "Dude, you need to come on a near do wells." And he's like. You tell me when, because he is a near do well. He needs to be on here. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Well, like you said, Jesse Coulter, and then that that album wanted the Outlaws. That's a badass fucking album. Yeah, I mean that's that's when it started on. There's so many of them that came on after that, though. But but like I said, that was that was the one that broke in, and then and then, and then record producers started listening and say, okay, we can start doing other stuff. Who wrote the? Oh yeah, you said you already said Billy Joe Shaver wrote Honky Tonk Heroes. And that yeah. didn't that make that on that album? It made it on that it album did. as well. Yeah. So, but it's but it's got Luke and Bach on it. It's got uh, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up and all that shit. So, all all the all the fucking hits, oh, yeah. all the bangers as they call as the, the kids bangers. call it, all the bangers as the kids call it the teeny boppers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, I don't even know how John Denver got part of this conversation. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I like John Denver. <laughs> I like his music. Call me what you want. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll but, call you a sorry son of a bitch, but I won't call fine. you a liar. <laughs> but, yeah, I liked him more than Don Rich or Charlie Rich. It was Charlie Rich, wasn't it? Charlie Rich. Don Rich was a guitar player for Buck Owens. Oh, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Charlie Rich. Yeah, yes. he's the one that burned burned his. Uh, <laughs> Country music award deal that on stage. Oh yeah, he did. No. See, you well, can even learn something from Super Troopers. Yeah. What about um? Back to Waylon. Didn't he walk off the CMAs? Like he didn't even like. He like snubbed them back in the day. 
It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> He's like, fuck y'all. y'all didn't like Johnny me. Cash kicked out all the lights on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry, so they ran him in. Yeah. Don't you come back, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? That's like pissing on the Alamo, bro. Um, you just don't do that. <laughs> well, he probably thought he was in, I don't know, bumfuck Ohio or something. He was so fucking blitzed out of his mind. He's like, whoa, where, where am I? <laughs> Don't kick the lights out, goddammit. He hadn't started walking that line yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up right now. What's that? Oh, shit. It went away. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, I'll, I'll find it. Don't worry about it. I thought it was very interesting, though. What's that? It was uh, facts about Wayland. That you didn't know. Facts about winning that you didn't know. Yes. We're caught in the trap. I can't walk out. Because I love you too much, baby. Why can't you see? What you're doing to me When you don't believe A word I'm saying We can't go on together With suspicious minds We can't build our dreams On suspicious minds Saw an old friend I know I stopped to say hello But I could still see suspicion in your eyes
you gonna test me and see if I know him? I probably don't. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know him, so yeah. I'm, I I was hoping you would, but I don't know. Let's see. What you got? I, I, I'm just gonna. Well, one of them. I'll, I'll just go off of memory because I'm uh, the fucking website left. <laughs> What it fucking get tired uh, and go it, home? It, need to pee? What I mean, just left. That's not fair. It disappeared. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> just when I thought this show couldn't get any dumber, totally redeem yourself. <laughs> yes, I still haven't done that. No, I still haven't. Okay, so did you know that he rode Buddy Holly's motorcycle in a hotel room? That surprised me. It said early in his career, uh, well, of course, we already covered that. Jennings played bass uh, for Buddy Holly. The two came, became close friends, so Jennings was devastated when Holly was killed in 1959. Uh, before Holly's death, he had purchased a aerial cyclone motorcycle, which Jennings remembered vividly. Holly's father kept the bike, but eventually sold it. For Jennings' birthday in 1979 to a Holly's... I don't know what that uh, Holly's Crickets. I don't know. <laughs> that was the name of the band. Oh, okay. Two of Holly's Crickets tracked down the motorcycle and surprised him. And then here's here's Waylon Jennings uh, talking about. It. He said, "I walked into my hotel room after the show, saw it sitting there." Uh, he wrote this in his autobiography. What else could I do? I I swung my leg over it, stomped the Kickstarter, and it burst in a roaring life. First kick. It was at, it was midnight, and it sounded twice as loud, bouncing off the walls in a hotel room. <laughs> he goes, "I know, I knew Buddy wouldn't mind." <laughs> I mean, what the? <laughs> Sounds fun. Um, did you know he walked off the set of a talk show? It was the Late Late Show, nineteen ninety eight. He walked off. Yeah. He he wanted to he wanted to play a certain set list. They didn't let him, so he walked off. And uh, I think the the other guest was Doctor Laura, and then it left. Did uh, she try to talk him out of it? No, no, he left. Him? He was like, "Fuck y'all!" Before before he had to go on, so they had to scramble to fill that spot in. And uh, I guess Snyder, who's Snyder on the Late Late Show? I don't even know who the fuck that is. I never heard of him. He said his exit left Snyder in shock. He had to scramble to. What is it? Tom Snyder used to host the Late Late Show on CBS. Who the fuck is Tom Snyder? Before that James Corden guy came on. No. Before James Corden, it was uh, dumbass Fallon. Okay. And before Fallon, it was Conan. What? Oh, no, no. You're, you're talking about Craig Morgan. Oh, I'm sorry. The Late Late Show. I don't know. I was out. Okay, you shit. got Craig Kilborn. Yes. Okay. And before well, that, that, it was Kilborn. the Scottish guy on... Go ahead. What? Scottish guy? Wasn't that fuckhead from Drew Carey show his yeah. boss? Oh. Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Craig Ferguson. Before, before Craig Ferguson then was Tom Snyder. Who is That's Tom cool. Snyder? Some old guy with gray hair. <laughs> was he somebody? That makes it. I've heard yeah, of. I, I, dude, he's a. I mean, he was a very reputable human being back in the day. Was he? Was he? Well, he's so so reputable. I've never heard of him. I've heard of Red Skeleton. I've heard of Red. I've heard of all. Skeleton. You mean Red Skeleton? Oh my God, Red Skeleton! Jesus Christ! I mean Red Skeleton. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah, wow. 
what Red Skelton, whatever. However, I, I know those fucking old comedians. I don't know a fucking Tom Snyder. I never. <laughs> Just when I thought the show couldn't get any dumber, totally redeem yourself. <laughs> so anyway, back to my story. I don't give a fuck about who. <laughs> I gotta just isolate that dumber clip and just use that for you. That's your new fucking theme. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> it's not polite for the producer to make fun of the talent. Yeah, right. I mean, I know uh, we ain't talented, but come on. Uh, yeah, I'm not really. Uh, he. Uh, so Snyder wasn't shocked, and he said, "I never, I have never had anybody leave before they came on." Well, you did now. <laughs> you can no longer say that. Uh, oh, this is what I was talking about earlier. Tom Wolpeck and John Snyder had a son, Todd Tom Snyder. Wait, wh- <laughs> <laughs> hold on. What? Oh wow! No, the Duke, the, the the I don't think the Duke cousins had a love child. Tom Wolpeck. <laughs> Tom Wolpeck. I know who that is. How do I know who Tom fucking Wolpeck is? And I don't know a, a rapid old man named. <laughs> Fucking Tom Snyder. Yeah, Snyder. I can't even think of his name. Well, I'm reading it right here. Mm. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to tell you at this point. I don't know. (sighs) Tom Snyder. I have never fucking... I've heard of everybody, but not that guy. He must have been on there a long time, like a week. Well, he was on the Late Late Show, which is... I mean, some people went off to do great things, and some people just suck. Starting to get sound offensive towards this. I, I'm not okay. So anyway, so. what the fuck? I closed out the thing. Anyway, the the CMA awards uh, thing that he walked out on. Not that he walked out of a late show. No, he also left that too. Well, maybe he just needed a pee. Maybe <laughs> he's yeah. getting old. Bladder was smaller. He walked out of the CMA awards. I don't blame him. Um, Jennings didn't reserve. His protest for talk shows, 28 years before he walked out on Snyder's, Jennings walked out on the CMA Awards for a similar reason. So he wanted, he just wanted to play more, I guess. I don't know. If you don't let me play what I want to play, fuck you. And I'm Jennings out. said, why don't I just dance across the stage and grin? Maybe do one line. That'll give you a lot of time. They told me not to get smart. Either I did or I go out. So he left. Did you know the DEA once came knocking at his door? At his studio. At his studio. Yes. So you know that one. I know that one. Okay. Yes. Yes. So to simplify, the DEA came after Jennings in 1977. He was in the middle of a sting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was running with the Hells Angels. Uh, in 1977, after they discovered a package of cocaine that was being shipped to him, <laughs> yeah, he just he just got it mailed to him. It was easier that so way. So he had uh, Uber drugs or what? No, he just, had, <laughs> he just had packages delivered through the mail. I mean, it was easier that way. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but like you said, his te- his secretary brought the package to his recording studio. The DEA agents came knocking at his door. So. Yeah, he got he got in a little bit of trouble. I think he was able to. Uh, they never found it. No, because it, it says right here all charges were dropped against. They never him. found it. They knew it was there, but he uh, he had enough buddies there that 
they uh oh yeah after, <laughs> they got rid of it <laughs> yeah jennings and his drummer worked to hide all the cocaine and pills they had jennings emptied vials from his pocket vials vials plural <laughs> from his pockets while his drummer dropped a bag of cocaine down in a crack in the wall and flushed other down oh my god there went their night but then he said all charges against him were eventually dropped and jennings wrote his song don't you think this outlaw bits done got out of hand based on the event so so he was just like look i just want to do drugs i'm not a fucking drug runner like i just do them <laughs> here's one that surprised me he sang a duet with big bird of course he did yeah does it say what song it was? Uh, I'm just going to read it right here. When it comes to television, you don't get much more iconic than Sesame Street. So when the show branched out into its first feature film and Jennings was the only country singer cast, that was a huge deal. Jennings had a small part in the film. He played an unnamed turkey farmer who picks up a hitchhiking big bird. Okay. As he drives with his new feather friend, Jennings offers him some words of wisdom through a undeniably catchy song, Ain't No Road Trip, or Ain't No Road Too Long. Sorry. Isn't that Dude, crazy? fucking follow that bird. The best fucking movie ever. Holy shit. Yeah. What? He, was, he said it's the best movie ever. I don't know. I'm trying to think. He also likes Slimer. <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, number six. He once earned twenty five thousand just by taking a pee. <laughs> I would have paid twenty five thousand to take a pee a few times. Jennings wrote about the whole thing in his autobiography, saying he wanted a twenty five thousand dollars sum for from RCA, which they did not want to give him. When silence fell over the room, Jennings decided to get up and leave. I rose up, never said a word, walked out, went to the bathroom to take a leak. When I came back. Uh, Neil greeted me in the hall and he said, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> I guess his lawyer. <laughs> no, it was Neil Reish. Oh, Neil Reish greeted. Yeah. yeah. When I came back, Jennings lawyer, Neil Reish. Yeah. So that's hilarious. So those are the little facts. I didn't even know. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I was just looking up crazy stories and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't know he was in that movie with Big Bird, singing with Big Bird. No, I never saw that. <clears throat> he was in a couple movies. He was in a couple that uh, that he shouldn't have been in. All the 80s when, when Chris Christopherson and oh, God. Yeah. The Gambler mm -hmm. and, and all those. So horrible. Waylon was in The Gambler? I think he was in The Gambler. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, but Kenny Rogers shouldn't have never acted. <laughs> Waylon shouldn't have never acted. Chris Christopherson should have never acted. They did, and they made money at it. So, I'm sure Mike would probably say that was one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> this here's a turkey truck. Oh, well. But, but my friend Oscar always says that I'm a big turkey. Well, I don't guess I can argue with that. Hop in. So you are the bird on the run, huh? Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to get back to my real home on Sesame Street. I figure I can walk back there in, oh, about uh, three hours. Three hours? 
More like three weeks, buddy. Three weeks? Oh, no. I'll never get home. Sure you will. You just got to keep going. Pick up your feet and follow your feet. Well, I don't know. Listen to me, son. I found out a long time ago You got to learn to say yes when life says no Don't dwell on the bad times once they're past That kind of thinking gets you nowhere fast Cause there ain't no mountain you can't climb If you hang on tight and just make up your mind once you set your heart to moving on Son, there ain't no road too long Don't look back, don't you turn around Just keep your eye on where you're bound And, and you're bound, bound to, to get, get from here, here to there Cause the dream can take you anywhere Cookies! Cause there ain't no mountain you can't climb If you hang on tight and just make up your mind And once you set your heart to moving on huh, huh, Then there is no road too long And you can count the telephone poles One telephone pole, two telephone poles, three telephone poles She's a good-hearted woman in love 
out of the the outlaw country artists we've talked about what is, what is your favorite album or favorite artist out of that that genre there it is follow, follow that bird. bird follow that bird who else is in that anyway <laughs> never mind i asked you a question you just well, answer that <laughs> never mind that other that's show. a hard question to ask or hard question to answer um mine would probably be honky tonk heroes yeah um, because it has, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's not unfortunate, but it's the same Richard Donner Maverick. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> Cody Robinson knew what we were talking about. You flushed it all. <laughs> so, uh, Old Lenny's in the chat. Hey, Lenny, how's it going, buddy? Hey, don't block him this time, please. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to live that down. Um, now, I think it is Hockey Talk Heroes. Now, granted, it's uh, it's all Billy Joe Schaefer songs, but they were his some of his best songs ever. I mean, he had some later on, but that was great. Uh, as far as Willie Nelson, if you just want to go with that, Red Headed Stranger is my favorite album because it's got so many good songs on it. Um, so Willie it, Nelson, he, uh, we didn't really touch on him too much. Yeah. So Willie Nelson, I mean, I, I didn't really hear any crazy stories about Willie Nelson. He was he more, was he was laid back. He smoked pot. That's all he did. That's all he did. I mean, he just <laughs> he didn't he didn't. I don't think he ever got really in the big drug scene except for smoking weed and i mean and he and he stayed on tour 90 percent of the time like like we're saying Waylon would go back up there and uh record and stuff well really he would just stay on the road or stay in austin and and he i mean he would go up there and, and when he wanted to record an album he'd go up there for a couple of weeks record it, and he'd go back to austin or he'd get back on the road so he kind of had a different different crowd he ran with i mean and when it came to 
collaborating and doing music, they would get together, but they weren't, they weren't in that same, they were, they were in di two different groups basically. And, yeah. and a lot of people assume that they were always together. They were, they were very rarely together actually, unless they're recording or doing a show together. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, as far as outlaw country goes, Willie was pretty, pretty calm. You know, he was just, he smoked yeah. weed. I mean, because any of the stuff I watched, he was just like, he was just, he was just there. You know, <laughs> he, he was never, there and he just did his music and he smoked his weed and he, he did never his had thing. to go to rehab or nothing. Because no, he didn't. He just, he just smoked his weed. <laughs> and he's probably going to outlive us all. <laughs> Which he's pretty much, well, him, uh, Chris Christopherson's still alive, didn't he? Yeah, he's still alive. He's still alive and so is Willie during those times. So, because Merle's dead, Cash is dead. Of course, Waylon's dead. Mm -hmm. Oh well, Hank Williams Jr. Jr. He's still, he's still kicking. He is. Which he's, he is. He, I consider him outlaw country as well. I really do. I mean, you can. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of came along in the later or the early '80s, I guess. Kind of once it had done, so he got rolling. But he was also him and like Charlie Daniels and those guys. They were, they were almost more of the southern rock they they were with the marshall tuckers the 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 yeah. leonard skinners and those guys too so they they were kind of running with that crowd so which is kind of down on the shoals as they called it down in alabama and so they were they were they were yeah i mean it all kind of sounded similar but i think they were different different groups but no i, I, mean, I can I see them. where you're coming from on that one i do Excuse me. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, but I mean, no. I mean, he's he's definitely outlaw country. I mean, well, he the, fits that genre. Well, then I mean? we just heard a little clip of his song before the show and the dinosaur song. That's yep. a badass fucking song. It is. Let's see. Oh, um, I, I did want to bring this up because me and Tyree know about this album. You know what he's talking about? Yeah. David Allen Cole's X-rated yes. album. That is some, yeah, cancel culture gets hold of that one. <laughs> it's disturbing. I don't think David Allen Cole would give well, a Well, I fuck. mean, it's one of them deals where you, you can't get mad at him because he, he, he's mean to everybody. Yeah. He talks shit about everybody. No matter sexual preference, race, gender. And he's going to make, he makes fun of everyone in that album. And, 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 and he and, does. In a really disturbing manner. Yeah, he talks about some mean. dirty ass shit, and you know that. Yes, it's funny, but it's well, you know that's where William, well, well, Wheeler Walker, Jr. Wheeler Walker, yeah. yeah, got some of his stuff from was that guy right there? It had to be. It was because uh, his stuff is great. But believe it or not, the last time I looked, YouTube still had that X-rated. Oh no, I I I, I found it again. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. I, I was really surprised <laughs> that they're they're still because you can't buy that album in the U.S. Really? It's kind of like two live crew. Oh, shit. Just, <laughs> you got to go to Europe to get them. I think the last time I had the album was Napster Days. Really? What was that, 25, 30 God, years ago? Damn. Yeah. Here we go with Napster again. I know we talked about it. It always sure. comes full circle. You know, even though they got shut down, Napster is still a part of history. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Lenny said Johnny Paycheck and David Onko. Yes. Um, yeah, if you go back, I, I we we kind of cover old Johnny Paycheck. We didn't do him any justice, which you said, uh, like uh, Mister Lee over here said, we're going to do a part two to this and and kind of get into some of the other characters of uh, Outlaw Country. 
that's if that's a fact I did not know. George Jones paid for Johnny Paycheck's funeral. I didn't know that. I guess that's crazy. he ended up dead broke. Yeah, which doesn't surprise well. Goddamn, me. he fucking partied hard, man. And then he ended up in jail. I think he spent a lot of money trying to keep himself out of it. He still went. Well. <laughs> Yeah, he he came out, uh, and that's a sad thing, dude. Because back in the day, they really got taken advantage of. Like, we're gonna take these young guys; they're making music. We're gonna keep them pilled up. The chicks are gonna keep their attention away from us. This these older gentlemen that can handle the money, and we're just gonna just give them whatever they need, whatever they want, and that's it. And they they reap the profits of it. Well, it worked. Well, until people start wising up to it, and it's like, God damn, you know, to rehash it out. But during that time, yeah, I think that's why they were broke as fuck. Um, well, I don't know. It's it is weird. sad. It is sad, though. Huh. No, it's a... Uh, but that's cool of a... Uh, because George, George Jones. Jones, I mean, I guess he just had to make because he he probably went through lots of money there towards the end himself. <laughs> yeah. You know, he had a he, couple of salt charges, yeah. DWIs. <laughs> I mean. Old George loved to drink. Yep, yep, he did. We'll have to we'll have to share some of his stories uh, on that next uh, on our next episode for Outlaw Country because he's an interesting character Man, himself. You do you, you you almost deserve a show if you take your lawnmower to the liquor store because your wife. Hit the car keys. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you got to be pretty shitty if you can't walk fast on a lawnmower. So yeah. you just. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty rough. I did want to uh, also mention, and he wasn't really part of that law country, but he he had some songs that were kind of that, that fits in that genre as uh, Bobby Bear. Yeah. Bobby Bear. Bobby wow. Bear. And he kind of roomed with uh, Willie Nelson back in the day. And well, him and that was just another group, him and Kinky Freeman. And, mm -hmm. and, and they, but they, they spent most of their time down in Austin. They were kind of, they were kind of like I was saying, they were part of that Willie, the Willie clan. Uh, Jerry Jeff Walker started coming in at that point. And uh, they were more the ones that stayed down in Texas and did their thing did their over thing. here. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was uh it, well that's when Lukenbach was getting big and everyone had to go to Lukenbach and and do an album or just go drink a beer there and yeah which it's still it's still cool to go if you have never yeah. been <coughs> what <coughs> get directions because everyone steals a sign so you can't find it when you go in yep they do but was it an old man a lady and a dog that's the population population 3 <laughs> but yep. it, yeah it it is kind of it is kind of a little hidden thing, but it's a neat it it's neat to see. If I mean, it's neat. It's nothing that. fancy, but it's neat to see. You know? Yeah, it's just and no, they usually have live music out there all the fucking the weekend, time. weekends, there's everyone sitting around there playing music, or they have concerts in the dance hall still. So, but that was that was more Willie scene, and it was. And don't get me wrong, there was there was plenty of partying going on there, but it wasn't the same type of partying. Um. So people hitting the ganj yeah. and, and another person that was, uh, that people don't realize was in that scene was, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Really? Yeah. He, uh, he had actually was pretty much had given up and, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker 
helped him back up on his feet. And the I didn't know that late seventies and got him going. Yeah, but he was he was part of that crowd down there, and because um, he was, I think he's from like Alabama or somewhere. And uh, wow, see, I'm learning stuff too. Uh, Lenny said Texas is still guitar heaven. Yes, it is. Uh, damn sure. Is. <laughs> Love the sound of a bending strings on a steel guitar. Well, uh, was there anything else you wanted to mention about um, this this awesome genre before we head out this evening? No, uh, folks, if y'all want to come back, if y'all get it for the first time, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different on this one. We're gonna. We're going to go ahead and put some audio music to it. If you want to come back and listen to it again on the, um, yeah, it'll be on the, uh, Reverend Red Radio. It'll be, uh, I think it's going to be on all, all, excuse me, I can't even talk on all the audio. But yes, please go to the app, download the Rabbit and Red Radio app because that's where we can really, and it, and it helps everybody in the network if you do that. But we're able to use uh, music because Mike has the license to do so. Uh, unfortunately, Facebook and YouTube, if you try to play any songs, because that's kind of what we wanted to do, but they won't let us. So, but please listen to the audio version of this on anything or any, any, uh, podcasting, uh, you know, outlet and, uh, enjoy. We're going to, we're going to share some badass music with we'll put you guys. Some of the songs that we talked about and for sure. Ones, uh, we're going to so, give it a whirl and see what y'all think of. And if it's something y'all like to do, uh, we like, uh, like he said, we're music guys, so we don't have to. We can probably do just about every genre. Yes. And if there's something y'all like to do, we'll do this on multiple different ones if y'all want us to. Um, and it's just uh, or it have to be country, different be rock, bands, whatever. Band, yeah. But we we've been classical. You know, we're gonna have a little bit of trouble with because I can't say their names. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think we're pretty safe. Oh, Cody Robinson. I'm gonna read his deal here. Uh, Wayland's clan and Willie's clan, kind of like the difference between the GW pose and Death Valley pose. <laughs> Death mm, Valley, Death Valley pose. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. They wear their cowboy hats backwards. Back, yeah. <laughs> their leader is Blow Jay. <laughs> oh man, I, I love this stuff. We've been meaning to talk about this for a long time. Other things come up in life, but. Um, we enjoy doing this and we enjoy that you guys come out and listen to us. And you also are in the chat. Got Here we go. Why the hell do you look like an Amish person? <laughs> did you just get raped? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> Looks like you're on the front of crippled oatmeal or something. Mm. The old Quaker. The Quaker. Crippled, crippled oats. Quaker. <laughs> Crippled Quakers. Diabetes. <laughs> Diabetes. Do you think if an Amish person is handicapped, they're going to have a wheelchair made out of wood? I don't know. The wheels uh, will probably be kind of bulky. <laughs> pulled by a donkey or something. Get splinters in his ass. <laughs> we don't like technology. Uh-huh. <laughs> have the woman push me. That's a show idea. The crippled Amish. Anyway. Sorry, walkers. I, I just offended some people, but that's hard. I think that's oh, what we live wow. for. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, everybody, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, listening to us, and we we love doing this show. We got you know not much left. We got we got the summer, and then we'll have another year to cover, and we're going to keep doing this as long as we're 
here on planet earth so uh we appreciate you all uh, please tune in tomorrow night we have uh killer queens podcast of screams uh angel will have a new guest on there and um i think on saturday my buddy paul and uh cripple cody will have a show they're gonna be talking about the video games those damn video games you gonna be talking about that and uh yeah so watch those shows and, and get involved and and I guess, uh, Tyree, you got anything else to say to these folks? Any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom? Any words of wisdom? <laughs> Not, I guess I do. I, I, I will say, the, uh, hold on. You got uh, Before we leave, okay. you have to share what you did at that, that, that party, what you said about uh, our buddy Paul. Oh, yes, you well, got to say, okay, okay, before you leave, Tyree's going to leave us with a little joke. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes my filter doesn't work that good, and so we were watching a band set up the other day, and the drummer was doing sound check, and he kept setting his drums up and resetting them and resetting them. And one of the guys standing next to us said, "Man, that sure seems like a lot of work just to bang on something." And without me thinking, I said, "Yeah, that sounds a lot like marriage." You know, a lot of people there <laughs> laughed. There were some that really didn't find that funny. <laughs> Obviously, Aaron thought it was funny. It was great. <laughs> so, uh, I, I blame the TV we watched back in the day. Yeah, I guess so. That sounded like something Al Bundy would say. <laughs> it is. Anyway, all right, everybody. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next time. Mm, goodbye. <laughs> Take us home, Mikey. I was sitting in this beer joint down in Houston, Texas. We was drinking Colorado Kool-Aid and talking to some Mexicans. And we was, what's that you say? What's Colorado Kool-Aid? Well, it's a can of Coors brewed from a mountain stream. It'll set your head on fire and make your kidneys scream. Oh, it sure is fine. Yeah, we was having ourselves one of them real good times. But you know every beer joint that you've ever been in, some big mean drunk who just ain't got no friend. Sure enough, he wants to fight. Yeah, he's gonna whip everything in sight. Well, he took him a big cold swallow of beer and he walked over and spit in my Mexican friend's ear. Sure enough, that made my buddy real mad. That's something like he ain't never had. Well, sir, he pulled out a big long switchblade knife. Quick as a whistle, he began to slice. That big mean drunk stood back face full of tears looking down at the floor one of his ears <laughs> he cut that thing off even with a sideburn you might say the little Mexican fella he just didn't give a darn but he was a gentleman about it bent over and with a halfway grin 
picked it up and handed it back to him. He said, now big man, you get the urge to spit a little beer, just open up your hand there and spit it in your own ear. Won't be no trouble that way. That's what I heard him say. Then I said, barmaid, set us up around that Colorado Kool-Aid. While you're up there, bring this big fella here a box of Band-Aids. Now let me tell you, if you're ever riding down in South Texas and decide to stop and drink some Colorado Kool-Aid and maybe talk to some Mexicans and you get the urge to get a little tough, you better make damn sure you got your knife-proof earmuffs. Hey, ain't that right, big man? I said, ain't that right, big man? Ah, hell, he can't hear. Not on this side, anyway. He ain't got no ear. Hey, barmaid, bring us all a big, tall glass of that Colorado Kool-Aid. How about it? How you doing, big man? Still got your ear there in your hand? Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.